This podcast has been brought to you by our Patreon account. After almost four years of producing free content in one way or another, we're finally opening up the doors for people to uh, financially support us. For anyone out there that supports what we're doing, believes in us, believes in what we're trying to achieve, uh, feel free to head over to patreon.com forward slash xyadvisor. And second of all, we've uh, finally converted our mainly dormant website into a membership site now. It is focused on training. You pay $49 a month, you get one credit to spend uh, on the library of different training courses and those training courses are constantly getting upgraded and constantly getting added to. Uh, we actually give half the money to the course providers because we value what they do. Uh, it's just a really good way for us to, to improve upon the financial advice community. So that's everything. Enjoy the podcast. This session is also brought to you by Sun Super. They're one of the fastest growing profit for members or industry funds in Australia. They were the very first of these funds to partner with advisors and they've got functionality where you can actually link to your client's Sun Super accounts and charge advice fees through the fund as well as a number of uh, tech innovations to make it easier for you to work with your clients. They've got great investments, they're really, really cheap and their team are just generally legends. So if you haven't already connected with Sun Super, give them a shout because they're doing some really cool stuff. There you go. <laughs> what's what's happening, mate? Thanks for uh, joining us here today. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, so you suit and tie, right? For, first and foremost, yeah. looking sharp, looking mm. good. Well, I saw what Roxy wore, and I had to had uh, to. Yeah, no, yeah. This is this is the office <laughs> get up every day. Well, because he he breeds a very strong culture, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. You've met him now, you know that. Yes, it's a very strong culture. Yeah. Which is good. I love it. Yeah. Has it worked out well for you? Mate, it, it has. It, it honestly has. I um, I came from a, the, the other in focus office I was at, which was a great office. It was a little family office. And um, I was a bit nervous because it was really easy there. So we had a book of like 9,000 dormant clients that I could just go and pick. And, and an answer is a very organic grown business. Mm. And at the other one, I was the, you know, I was the young, energetic, high performer. And the announcer office is a... That's all they are. That's, that's, that's. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was a big decision, hey, because it was sort of going from comfort mm. to oh, this was either going to be my make it or break it step because there was no excuses. You know, everyone was doing well, so I had to go and do well, and I was no longer the best in the office or, you know, it was, I had to step up. And what what made you jump, jump ship? That, that thought, I thought, for my clients, like I... I'll tell you what it actually was. It's there's two things. They I went for a sort of walk around in the business when they joined in focus, and the two things I struggled through with in my business um, will not struggle. So so they have a core culture here. We have a core culture. Practice what you preach. And I love that. I, I used to hate going to events, right, and meeting with other advisors, and you start talking about, oh, what are you doing with with your portfolio? Oh, no, no, I don't invest. Like it was, there was a lot like that, and I was like, oh, I hate that. Like surely you got to do. You, do you have insurance? No. Like, what? Like, it was crazy, right? <laughs> and that was one of the things was practice what you preach. So when you join announcer, everyone has to do a financial plan with yeah, a nice. different advisor, which was a really good experience. Um, but the second one, which got me over the line, is I always say I would do this for free if I could. Hell that's yeah. my biggest downfall. Right? That is the biggest downfall to me as an advisor because I don't dollar value my service. Like, I I would do it for free. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I'd walk out and still do it and, and do it maybe at cost or whatever. I'd do it cheap. And what I loved when I joined, when I walked through an answer is they said, 
one of our core values is being successful. And I thought, okay, that's cool. So, you, you know, you want to help your clients get successful. That's what I thought. And they said, yeah, we, our job is to make sure our clients are successful and we want successful people. But... We practice what we preach. That's right. <laughs> we also make sure that we're not afraid of being successful either. We are doing amazing things for our clients and we're making them successful in, in, a, uh, in an instance. We should be we should be remunerated and, uh, and I guess, be successful as well. And I thought okay, this is where I need to be because... That's awesome. Because I wasn't charging. Like, man, I was doing like full comprehensive plans for like 1500 bucks, Mate. And I didn't I didn't know anything different. I, yeah. I was, and I was struggling to charge that. And then, I don't know, I know Adrian was there. You might have been there too, Ray. Roxy gave a, a value le- a seminar at top of AMP. Were you there? No, no, I wasn't. Adrian was definitely there. And so was James and Millard. But they, um, okay. he gave that. And that was like the day he, on the in the papers, he joined in focus. And I went, wow. You know, and you gave this about you about how to measure your value, and I thought, oh, this is. Well, how long have you been there for now? Just uh, this is my six month. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, that that makes sense. And um, and how long were you at the other place? Uh, just under two years. And what were you doing before that? So just insurance. Just insurance. Yeah. Okay. And then when did you get out of the army? Yeah. So two thousand and fourteen. I left. That's. I was going to put that down as my my yeah my story. That's my sort of my interesting piece. But I, I left. Um, I was going to be in the army forever. I loved it. Eh? Like I loved it. <laughs> what, what what did you love about it? Just everything. It was just. just I don't know. I just frothed on it. it was yeah. Awesome. Like, I'm a true Westy West Sydney bogan, and it was just that. It allowed for that. It was great. Um, you know, physical. What a sentence. Yeah. I still am. I'm just going to sit on done for you. But. Uh, <laughs> My clients love it. They love it. But I, um, yeah, so I joined and, and I just I just loved it. My family did, you know, my, it's sort of a couple of family members. My dad and I joined together, so it was a bit of history there. That's cool. Wow. Yeah, that was awesome. And then... Um, Your dad just, must be fit. Oh, he's fit as, man. He trains at Bond Street and every lunchtime, you know, our office, we get two hours a day to go train and they come down and he's, he's massive and they just give it to me, eh? Well, yeah, much bigger your dad is than you. <laughs> he gives it to me enough. I don't need the office doing it too, so... <laughs> But no, they do. But it, um, yeah, we joined together, and it was good. You get fitness. You know, I trained two, three, four times a day, no dramas, yeah. and it was just a good life. But I got injured, and not not badly. Like I just had a shoulder rico. Right. And in the military, when you get injured, you sort of get tarnished a bit. Like you get, you don't matter how good soldier you were, you go into like a a bubble with all the injured people because there's a lot of people in the military who we call malingerers or lingers. And they um they just join the army, get injured, and then you can get paid for the rest of your life being injured. Yeah. So they just ride it. And so that's just injured training, injured doing whatever. All right. So you can you can rock up, you might get shin splints, and people just ride it forever. It's like an income protection policy forever. You go to work doing nothing every day, and you get paid, and that's the bad part. So to to stop people from doing that, they have a really negative culture aligned with that, right. and you just get smashed. And I, I I was probably two three weeks into my rehab, and I I just got smashed, and I said I can't do this. So I said, right, I'm going to rehab for two years. I'm going to get out, do something else, yep. come back. That was my plan. And I wanted, I got a, we were on a boat. So I was in an amphibious element up in Townsville to RAR. Uh, so like, well, we, they are now, but trying to become like a, sort of like the Marines. Right. Guess, yeah. Is, is that similar to the four uh, commandos? No. Nah. No. Nah. So commandos are special forces. Yeah. To RAR is just uh, amphibious. So we operate on ships and okay. you know, it was pretty, that's a pretty cool gear. I really liked it towards the end there. But, um, 
What kind of weapons? Oh, just normal. So just just normal. Just normal. Just Yeah, we 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 sort of we all got quailed on the M4s and stuff because yeah. obviously the waterproofing and, and that stuff. But we still just use the styres. Yeah, right. Um, the bet we we got some cool ones for you. A couple of the HKs come out and stuff, which was all right. But I was on the ship and there was a, a clearance diver from Manly there, and he runs a set of gyms. I'll give him a shout out out at Manly Cornine Fitness and. Um, he grabbed me and said, mate, because I, I was a what we call combat fitness leader, so I ran sesh, PT sessions, and that was my passion at the time. I loved, thought I was going to be PT and stuff like that. And uh, he goes, I want you to come open some gyms. I thought, perfect, let's do it. <laughs> he said, well, you need X amount of money, right? And I thought, okay, well, I've got none, so <laughs> I've, got to find a, I've got to find a gig that, that pays good money. And I got pulled into a friend of mine who she was doing insurance sales. Um, and I thought, yeah, sweet. And she said she was making, you know, five grand a week and stuff. She wasn't, but she said she was. <laughs> just followed, didn't count tax or nothing, you know, no super, nothing. So just commissions only. And I thought, yeah, I can do this. And I did. I cleaned up, eh? I did, like, in three months, I made, like, 120 grand. And I was just, I was just bombing it, right? And I had no idea what I was doing. And I just sold this insurance. <laughs> and, and I had enough money to open this gym. And they go. No way. Yeah, and they go. And I said, I've got this money to open the gym. And they said, all right. You know, when you open the gym, you'll be on 40 grand a year. I was like, hell no. <laughs> making like 40 grand a month. There's no way. <laughs> Idiot, right? And the, the, So I turned it down and we had sort of a falling out over it. Mates with them still now, but didn't do it. And then um, rolling forward, I sort of thought this is going to be me for the rest of my life. Didn't happen, right? Obviously, I started, you know, you're selling insurance. And I'm going, oh, the ethics started kicking in. You know, mm. There was no more goal, right? I was just selling insurance. And I'm going, oh, what am I doing? Like. I'm sitting with someone and I, do they really need this policy? And then I just started studying a bit and doing some, you know, case studies around finance. I started really enjoying the finance side, looking at people's budgets and cash flow, working on my own. And then I, I, we, you know, that business sort of grew and I still didn't really make, I made some money some months, no money other months. And it was a bit of a ride. Um, but I, then we started, I, we, one of the couple of the executives went into opening like a, a financial planning firm, but risk only at the start, but with the plan to, and I thought, yeah, cool, I can do this. And we, we got my diploma and went through that. And it was pretty enjoyable, but I, it never went that way. It still just stayed selling risk. And I was like, I hate this. I can't do it. So then I applied for a couple of jobs down in Sydney and I got the call up from the, the, the firm I was at before here. Where was that? In Borkham Hills at Pattinson Financial. Yep. And um, yeah, I, you know, having the the backtrack of the, the course I was on, uh, sorry, the company I was with, having a look at that, it wasn't a great company. And they were going through, you know, ASIC had picked them up for some of the stuff. So none of my advice, because I didn't give any advice. Yep. And I'd always made file notes saying sort of stuff like that. But yeah. it sort of went a bit pear-shaped, like yeah. for them, which good that it should have happened because they, they weren't doing the best interest. So yeah. the boss said, look, I need you to start looking at a niche. And it was really good. He got me thinking some stuff. And I did a study on soldiers. So I did this. It was just like a, my study. And it was, I did about a week's worth. So I did 50 people roughly for an hour. And I just interviewed them on... You know, the, at that time, so it was 2015, we had like an epidemic of suicides in defence. And a lot, I, I'd, I'd lost by that stage about 10 mates. And Jesus. I was... Mate, 20, are you serious? Yeah, about 25, 26. And I'd lost about 10, four to five really, really good mates. And then about... From suicide. From suicide. Jesus. And then like another... Current, like current soldiers or retired? Like both, veterans? a bit of both. So that had been in or out. And then I had, you know, another five or four or five that I knew they'll consider like if I saw them at the pub we'd have a beer but not like everyday mates mm. so that's pretty full on and so we did a I did like wow. a research paper I don't want to bring the mood down I did a research paper and tried to my thing was you know 
of all the people that I knew that were suffering from depression or whatever, I wanted to figure out how much of that was related to financial stress. <coughs> and long story short, about half, so roughly 50% of the people I interviewed that had experienced it said it started from financial stress. So that'd be no job, not just not having any money, gambling, drug addiction, alcohol, anything that caused not having money, right, those things. So about 50%. And of the other half, the majority of those guys said at some stage through their PTSD or depression, money, those same money troubles spiraled them deeper. And I thought, holy shit, this is huge. Like, yeah, I can do something here. And I, so that's where my sort of career kicked off. And I put that, that research paper together for him and he loved it. And then I started down there and started working with uh, military people a bit closer, which not great for advice, military people. There's kind of some barriers there. But mm. what I found was it wasn't just military people. It was miners. It was sports stars. It was just everyone. Like the, it was a very similar story for a lot of people. And I thought, wow, this is, this is my avenue. And now I'm sort of I've kicked off my master's degree, and that's where all my theses and stuff are going to go is towards behavioural finance, but in the way of you know how does your psychological traits match your financial or and vice versa, and trying to figure that. Out. So that's my career path. That's my future. Wow. Um, and it started out like that, and yeah, it's a really, a really cool little topic. I don't, I think that that's where where sort of all my advice and my research goes, and. That's how I got there. And that's where I am now. I'm an announcer. They sort of do a lot of uh, psychological profiling, which you might have seen in the office. They have a lot yeah, of stuff Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's cool. That's something we're trying to work closer towards. Yeah, I walked around the office last night. All the colour charts. My goodness. <laughs> uh, I, just, I just couldn't fathom the amount of thought that's gone into just simply even the office environment. The pods. I'd, you know. Well, yeah, what, are, what are the pods? So... Do you, do you well, no, no, no. You, you work there. You okay, so uh, <laughs> Clayton wants to work there, <laughs> mate. I, I said because I haven't worked. I haven't Where worked for you? anyone since uh, since my twenties. Your relationship manager, you want to? <laughs> <laughs> but I walked around. I was like, "Can I have a job? I'd love a job here." Because you, you know, each 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 computer had sort of uh, you know your own personality. Yeah. A few things, uh, you know, sort of on it, like a little sign sort of above the screen, and yeah. So that's our HBDI profile. So that's, and this is another thing that got me is I want to, we're going to try and start matching these things with our clients to make sure that when, when they make a decision, when they want to leave us, Mm. why? And then find out why is it someone, is it the person? Is it your psychological trait? So HBDI, I always forget what it stands for. They're going to grill me for this, but um, Herman's Brain's Dominant Institute, Dominance Institute, I think. So it's like, yeah. No idea. So it's a guy that, you know, you got your disc profiles and all that stuff, and they all sort of segment you into a box. The mm. HBDI doesn't. It sort of tells you how much of each part of your brain you use and when. Yep. So under stress, not under stress. It's really cool. It's sort of because instead of saying, oh, you're this type of person, it's like, well, it's you're too a bit binary, of this, mate. Yeah. Of, that's right. And so everyone who joins the company does it. Yeah, and right. their partners, if they agree, which which I did, and helped you really learn about your relationship. <laughs> good slash bad. Uh, but, uh, are, you, are, you, are you married or just... Uh, engaged. Engaged. So we set a wedding date, 25th of May next year. We look forward to the invite. We'll yeah, see on the Facebook group. I'll, I'll, um, I think it's in the mail still. Like. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, we, we did that, and, and everyone who joins us. But you also do it on your exit as well. Right. So we do exit interviews as well to make sure that you know, what do we miss or yeah, cool. Uh, exit t- interviews with your clients. No, oh, we we do do exit interviews, but I'm talking with staff right. specifically. So right. it helps them with their next job, sort of as well, um, mm. which is pretty cool. But everyone, all the pods are sort of matched up. We change often to try and see how it works. But if someone's not getting along in a pod, we check their 
psychological profiling and we match them into a pod that works. Wow. Now, it doesn't always work, but it, it gives us data and mm. moving forward. Helpful guide, yeah, if nothing right. else, right? Yeah. So we want to figure out, the only problem is it's like an hour. You've got to sit down for an hour to do the thing. So yeah. it's hard for, to add that into a client thing. But um, we, we give the option there for any clients that want to do it, they yeah. can. And is that is that a service that you charge for? So it's part of your Oh, uh, we just charge them whatever cost is. No, we just, so that's what I'm saying is we want to bring it in, but it, it's adding an extra hour of FaceTime and yeah. questioning. So we're trying to find, we're, we're working with them to try and minimize it. Mm. Um, because if we can do it, even a short version and, mm. and do that, it's great. But what is great is everyone who goes through it, we do a lot of learning on it. So we can generally tell with the client what how they fit. Not exactly, but I can say, you know, you're a green and a red or whatever. And then that helps us um, in our documents. So all our documents are laid out in a way to to hit every person in whatever they were. So the real process people, everything's laid out time, boom, boom. So, oh, so the SOAs are different depending upon who you No, no, so they're all the same, right? So our service agreement, our fact find, our everything. So the service agreement is the big one. Um, I don't know, did Roxy show you that last night? No. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best thing I've ever seen. And when it goes digital, it'll be amazing. So it's it's very, for every, because we're not going to have a different one for each person, but it covers off on every person, right? So if somebody's a process-driven analytical, the whole service agreement is lined out, line items. You know, how much time, no how much does that cost, what do we do, what's every step of the way through it? And then you might have someone who is like an organised person, right? So not analytical, but they're very organised. We've got, you know, stage one is, you know, protect it, insurance, whatever. That's in one place. Grow it. So you, your, 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 your proposal document mm. is is delivered in in the form of communication that they like. A hundred percent. Now, the best bit about it wow. is then we ask them at the start of the document, how do you like to be communicated with? Yeah. So that's the... That's was, that, was that Roxy in... in I, yes. I, that, he said I, it in the... I, yeah, I've echo, I, I'm, I'm, he did say I've got podcast. deja vu right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, we do, we ask them and you, you guys covered off on that ages. You said, I think you said it was genius. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, but it it is... Um, the, the thing there on on the is just asking them, you know, and that's I think it's something advisors miss. They just don't ask their clients yeah, yeah. for referrals. It's okay to ask, right? Like, how should I help you? That's right. <laughs> yeah. People just forget to ask. And yeah, sweet. Yeah, because yeah, you hear, you know, when you first join the the industry, people say the quality of your advice will come from the quality of your questions, and you hear that, but you got to learn the, the hard yeah, part is yeah, learning the question. Yeah, exactly. It, and then when you hear such a great question, you think, "Oh my, That's how so did I not <laughs> think of this? How? Why did I not just simply ask?" Well, how often do you see it with referrals? Like someone who's not getting referrals, will have you ask? Yeah, I ask, and, you go, and you, they sit with their client, and you go, "Do you have anyone you can think that I might be able to help?" Oh yeah, of course I do. <laughs> Wow, like that, that yeah. happens all the time. And, yeah, yeah. But this document just lays it out. And then the, the red side of things, which is like your people skills and, and emotive, is the person. That's the, up to the advisor. So that you can't do that in a book. We've got creativity in the book, so it's all colourful. But someone who's a, a relationships and emotional, which is what we call red, um, that's up to the advisor. That's got to be you, that yeah. person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if that's who the person is, they probably won't read it much, but they'll they'll engage with you a huh. lot. So there you go. Instead of yeah. delivering advice to what's comfortable for the advice yeah, deliverer, yeah, right. it's 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 what's comfortable to the person receiving it's it. It's a percentage game, really. You know. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. All that high percentage plays. Yeah. All that high percentage plays. You wouldn't tell I go for para because they. <laughs> Matt, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, uh, I went. I was at the 2007 Grand Final, and where, where we got ripped off <laughs> by the cheaters. By the cheaters, yeah. and it was High Marsh's and Kalis's last opportunity oh. to win, and they should have won because we had lost at the Grand Final. But then Melbourne got it taken away from them because they paid too much money to their players, <laughs> and then we got nothing. 
No one got anything. We get, we get absolutely smacked. Wow. We do get, we get absolutely it, smacked. The craziest thing about this, this has happened over a decade ago and you guys yeah. are still hey, I'm salty. Not, I'm not salty. I am. I'm not Ray salty <laughs> for a very <laughs> key reason. The Blues won. 100%. She's just saying, oh, I've been, On Wednesday. I've been rubbing that into the office hard. I'm yeah. so happy because I'm real, like, I don't really follow the NRL, but I'm a, oh, I love the Blues. It's just a different beast, isn't it? Mm. And a, I, I, I know what fan. it's like now. To have the refs on your side. <laughs> I couldn't say that. You I couldn't. No, no, no. I'll call it where it's due. <laughs> We've had 11 years of the a ref against us. This is this. I was like, oh, this is what this is what it feels like to be on the nice end of, of the referee calls. Because I'm, wa- I'm, wa- I'm watching these. I'm watching these plays, and I'm like. Well, how did how did we get that ball? And yeah, I'm like, threw the ball behind the line. Normally, it up yeah, the line. No, well, I mean, obviously, like the momentum. As long as you pass it back and you're running yeah, forward, yeah. the ball will go forward. So, so uh, that try, I don't have a problem with. Um, but just in general, you know, like when he when he stripped the ball out of him, when he was just standing there, he just reaches around and go, whoop. and then the refs like, you dropped it, and I was like, this is what it feels like. This is what it well, feels I, like. I, I feel like a Queenslander. And we won completely on our own bat. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, for it, so for, for having it 11 years against us, it was, uh, it, was, it was good to have it on our side for once. Um, I wanted to ask you about the, the post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. Weird thing. It's, uh, it changes its name every generation. Mm. Shell shock, then it went to battle fatigue. And, uh, and, and, and we keep sterilizing it and to the point now it's post-traumatic. PT. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah and, and, then, and then we put it down to that. Like shell shock, you know, it sounds... Well, it sounds physical, not mental, right? It's like something blowing up next to you and you're but, just like, you can't... Like... But yeah, but, but you get what it means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. PS, you know, mm. like you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, but I think it gets very generalized to defense, the PTSD, but I think... I think one of the reasons they sort of pulled that out is to make it more generalised to everything. So okay. You can get PTSD from any traumatic event. It doesn't yeah. have to be military-related. But I think the military sort of has grabbed it and run with it and um, we missed that piece. But it is a serious thing. It's um, I think what it has done is it's opened up more generalised conditions to fall within that. Because we a lot we have a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot of defence members that didn't serve. So myself, I didn't do a deployment um, and or no active deployment and they they still get depressed and you know, yeah. a traumatic event, for example, is discharging from the military. It's a hard going into civilian life and you got a lot we got a lot of people that didn't deploy and they have PTSD from from that or from... Also, you've done all this training for something you never yeah. got to yeah, execute right. on. You Imagine know? having to do like all the education for yeah. financial advice. You do a degree or whatever and like you kind of immerse yourself in a world for four or five years and like, see ya. Yeah. yeah it's huge, man. It's massive and that's a, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't get depressed or anything. I yeah. had a good transition even though it was what I explained before, but I... Um, is that is that some of the things that you talk to your clients about, about yeah. what it's like post-military? Yeah, definitely. So... And I get. I sort of did an. Um, Mia Taylor actually put me in touch with a oh, Triple J or something. She was a interviewer for it might have been News Corp or something, and she was doing something on this. And I I don't know if it'll ever get published because I kind of twisted it a bit in the way <laughs> that there is a lot of victim mentality out there that okay. I think, yeah, like it might and this could you know I don't know how this would go down, but. I'm the biggest defence advocate, and I'll help. And that, you know, this is why I do what I do. But you've also got to call it where you know, call yeah, a fish as a fish. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a, you get someone who gets out, and 
they just expect everything handed to them and there's so much help out there and it is difficult. DVA is a nightmare to deal with and I deal with them myself, but there's a line, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's it's sort of got to make sure that when I speak with clients is I do say that. I say, look, it's not easy, but it's no harder than anyone else out there. Like unless you are someone who's got PTSD from deployment and those kind of things, then, yeah, you deserve all the help you can get, but you still have to go through the processes like – you know, you think about cops and ambos and stuff who have similar traumas on a more yeah, often basis. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they don't get they don't have the support. They get the on the job support, but when they leave the cops, it's not it's definitely not a support. Is that them. something you've productized, or is it is it purely just yeah, what just people? Value add. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I keep I, and I do, like I said, a lot of defence people don't make great clients. They're not. It's something I've had to steer away from because financially, I wouldn't be able to put food on my table too often for the family. Why is that? They don't, a lot of, there's not, sorry, there is a lot of successful ex-defense, a lot, right? But they're not the ones that come through that stream. So my my father works for RSO Defense Care, which helps with DVA claims and stuff. Um, And previously I did like a pro bono, anyone who gets a payout from DVA, I'll help them use that money for pro bono, right? But at an answer, it's sort of a bit blurred. So um, they... But I get a lot of referrals from their sort of third party coming through. They they get money or they, they need to know what to do and they do come in and um, I sit down. If I can guide them in the right direction with that, that's fine. But if they need advice and I... I yeah, I you're pick. kind of a cool conduit to the two worlds, right? It's like, yeah. I'm like you, I'm in a different world, right? Yeah, that's of... right. And that's a lot of my education <laughs> on my LinkedIn and stuff I try and do. I do target that toward defence because I want them to know... You know, there's people out there, and a lot of the people out... out you know, I'm probably a bit more outspoken. A lot of the successful ex-military, they don't talk about it you know what i mean the you hear a lot the reason that there's a lot of negativity around the ex-defense is because they're the ones you hear from which is good because it brings light to the situation but it's also bad because it kind of and i've always said we're we're going to these people who are having a hard time transitioning asking them what they need to transition why don't we go to the people who've done it well and find out what they did yeah it's like you don't go to a homeless person and say what's the best way to buy a house like, <laughs> like that's the reality of it yeah. so that's how i think it should transition but um that's a good point that's how it sort of goes, and it's it's, and that's why I think it's a big political play because you're looking like you're, if you're going to the people who are struggling, you're getting their vote and you get you're giving them help directly. But I don't think it's the play that we should be making. Um, but there's a big there's a big push for all that anyway. But no, I, I like to think that I'm sort of a bit of a help out there. That I do get a lot of military people coming to me, and they're probably not in our perfect client world. But you know, even just something as simple as a budget that I can just do on the spot and say, hey, "Go implement that and come back in twelve months, see how you're going." Like, that's a good value add, you know. Or my education series on Facebook and stuff and LinkedIn, that's a good value add for them. What, yeah. What, what does that kind of look like? I'm kind of keen to like because yeah, technology is kind of an easy way to help serve yeah. a lot of people that don't fit the business, but you want to help them, right? That's right. So how do you kind of do that? Not very well at the moment, I think. Like, yeah. I do very ad hoc videos and sort yeah, of... Yeah, I, I know. You notice. I, mean, <laughs> I get smashed real time, but I don't care. Like, I Snapchat don't doesn't count. No. No, <laughs> no, so no mate, I like what you do. I like what I do too, and yeah. I often get told, you know, from other professionals that uh, it's not. I wouldn't watch it. I'm not targeting you, so that's fine. What what, what do you do? I do mix. So I do, like, in my office, I'll do, like, a, you know, whiteboard stuff and do, cool. like, a, a financial one, but I do a lot of on the walk... Laying on the couch, in not in, in the, the car, in the car, get smashed for driving. Yeah, he does one in the car. All the comments are like, 
that is irresponsible driving. <laughs> two comments. Don't say all the comments. There was two of them. How many comments were there? Yeah. Well, at least 20. <laughs> 10 were me. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is totally fine. I just delete the comment. Yeah, and right. the, and the, and yeah that's, was bad. that's the good thing. That's a good thing on LinkedIn because if you write the post and then someone someone calls you out, you can you can answer them back, and if they come back again, you can just be like, "You're yeah. gone." I just I get I, I was like, you know, you made it when you get haters, but there's like two haters. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I need more haters. Yeah, right. Shut what up, mum. <laughs> <laughs> mum, can you go on and hate on me? Can you please mom, hate on me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, or or uh, other things you do, uh, like talking about going for a surf or whatever. Yeah. All that stuff. Do, do you find uh, the, the, the authentic thing on LinkedIn works? Yeah. So when I started Announcer, they're big on that marketing strategy and it was very, very non-financial. Bring, just be you. Bring your brand to the page and that's who you market for. Yeah. But I like the financial, the educate. That's why I want to do that. Yeah. So I mix and match, and I'm sort of the test dummy for announcer because no, we no one's had to cover compliance before because there's no financial literacy going out there. Yeah. Mm. And now I'm bringing that. I've got to work with compliance to make sure what's okay. So it's good, but I find the authenticity works amazing. Like all my stuff, mm. all my all my stuff gets targeted towards military. So my three core values are military, health and wellness, and sports. So targeting ex or current defence, um, PTs and nutrition. And, and, and being at an announcer, do you have to find your own potential clients or is that something? Yeah. Yep. So yep. it's very organically grown. Um, one of the biggest things I you know, I always say is if I knew this stuff at my old firm, I'd be you know, unbelievable. But because there is no real client base. I do take over some existing clients from advisors left or whatever, but very small number. But it is very organically yep. grown, which is which is good. Um you know, that's what I used to do with the commission only role, I guess. But mm. now knowing what, and doing the right thing and referrals are, are in abundance, you know, our partnerships, the the value add to clients here is huge. And, and I used to be a very transactional role. I thought it was ongoing, so but it was still very transactional. The way we do it, uh, the way that I've been taught how to do it is just completely different. It's And who teaches you? you? Uh, Ray. So have you met, you met yeah. Ray? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Ray Albrighton is... Probably, oh, I'll go to limb and say he's probably one of the, if not the best financial advisor in Australia I've ever met. Um, I think there's a big difference between technical advisors and people, and he's Good got a great mix of both, but by far the best person I've ever seen to understand what a person wants and how to add value. Yeah. And that's what I've learned. Like, I'll never be good at the technical stuff. Like I said, I'm a West Sydney bogan. My brain isn't huge. Do you like the UFC? Love it. Yeah, love oh, it. You, you, I, put, I put UFC <laughs> posts up on LinkedIn and people are like, ooh, that's not the right way. Like, yeah. Really? I've, yeah. So I've got a few. So Ty, Such a fan. You, you know Ty Tuivasa? Yes. And Tyson Pedro. So we used to train at the same gym. No yeah. way. They got, they're coming up uh, this weekend. This weekend, yeah. This so weekend they're fighting. Fight. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so big fan. So we used to train at the same gym and... Like wow, mates, but know them. So that's that, mad. So I love watching them, but I and they're yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, that's right. They're hilarious. <laughs> you should see them train the beast. But um, yeah, but no, I like all that stuff, right? So, um, with Ray, what what he sort of taught a bit about was, you know, like I said, I'll never be good at the technical stuff, right? And I, I I know enough, but I always even say I'm fully open with my clients. Say, look, I'm not here to. You might ask me a question, and I'll know where to find it, but I might not know what the answer is. Let's be straight up, because I'm not gonna be that guy that can just punch legislation out back at you but I'll know where to go and I know what you need to find yeah cool um, but so that's not my role I, I'm not that guy I'm not an accountant I don't, that's not me I, I'm the people person I'm good and what I'm learning better to do is draw from a person 
what they need and how I can add that value, which is, I think, far above and beyond any technical. Totally, man. And that's what AI is going to... I listen to you talk yeah. before, and AI is going to cover the technical piece, right? Yeah. It's the people the people bit you need. And um, have, have you taken on Roxy's ability to talk and control <laughs> nah. the Not heartbeat of the person in front of you? Nah. It's uh, quite... Um, comforting when he <laughs> begins to talk like this and then he would come up That's like right. that and he right uh, so, 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 so ray doesn't go through though to that no. that level no ray ray is the question man <laughs> <laughs> the boys are just like laughing at me no exactly yeah he's gonna grill it for you, you might have to cut that one out <laughs> <laughs> no he um roxy's a very Roxy's probably the most creative and emotive person i've ever met like the energy like i thought i was full energy right the, like, Rick, Mate, we went to a, a client's PT seminar the other day, and I took the other week, and we rocked up, and I took my old boy and a couple of clients with me, and like I, they're like, like my whole family's full energy on my dad's side, like we're loud and we go, and I was like, yeah, I'm full energy. He's just another <laughs> level. Like he's yeah. he was at the front by himself, and this was a, it was a pretty it was a really good seminar, but it was just it was a I think it was a long weekend, and like everyone was just kind of like right here, we've got to get out. Like it, it was pretty it was feeling a bit mundane on there, but. And he just lit it up, eh? Like, he had the room in stitches the whole time. And I was like, it's a nutrition seminar. What are you doing? <laughs> and, yeah, just his, his charisma. No one cares about apples this <laughs> much, man. <laughs> but he, he's, he's, his energy is just ridiculous. Where Ray, Ray's got good energy, and he's, but he's he's so good at questions. Like, he, he has, like, a game where someone coming to the lift comes into the reception, and he'll... We all, everyone does it where we try and see who can get them, who can find out the most about that client in a short period of time. And he always wins. Like he's just, he'll find out everything in like two minutes. And it's just. Yeah, phenomenal. man. He, 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 when I met him, he ran through me and he's just got those eyes, right? You, yeah, the, you, you're <laughs> like, he knows everything about me already. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. So, but I, man, I've learned a lot there. It was, it was a really good decision. Um, the, you know, it's, it's a really good place to work. And just the culture is amazing. Like. It's phenomenal. You can't sit here and say it's a perfect place because everywhere's got their ups and downs. Right? Sure. That's the way it is. That's the corporate life and high stress. But I couldn't imagine, like, I couldn't imagine working for another company again after that. The only thing would maybe yeah, well. be, you know, my own business somewhere down the track. But yeah. if I was going to stay anywhere, it would announce it's just the culture's phenomenal. It's, so what's, what's kind of the, I guess, five-year plan? I mean, six months in, you kind of get a sense of what the, what the yeah. go is. What kind of... So this was like a two-year plan okay. initially. Um, Ambitious. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just opt-ins. <laughs> just cover my opt-ins. <laughs> and out. <laughs> no, but uh, I um, I don't know, mate. Like, yeah. I, the more I stay here, the more I think, you know, there's partner roles and positions there that could go. I do, I do have this squeaky passion one day to open my own firm because there's just some edgy things I want to do that, yeah, cool. uh, you know, no one else, no one else will say yes. That's right, 100%. Like, it, it yeah, would never so. happen. I, and I've, I've even looked into if I could do it on the side. Like, um, I've said, and this is, it's not a secret, I've said many times where I think ASIC is always going to want advice to move towards transactional roles where people pay for something, cut it. The relationships are always going to be hard. Now, I don't agree with that. I think the relationships are the best part of it. But I think every business model should at some stage have a, a consultancy role built into their package where people can come and 
pay for advice as they go. So you know, an hourly rate and pay for you know, I, I no advice. It's just I want to come in. I want to talk to you about this. Give me the pros and cons. Let me make my decision Sweet. and move on. Right. And I've always wanted to run a model like that. Um, and I couldn't do it. Announces that's not our, our brand. But mm. I just there's something about that, that I've always loved. And somewhere down the track that might be a, a goal. But I think. That's pretty much the only real edgy thing that I'd want to do differently, maybe a different target market. but um, Which I guess kind of is you talking to maybe guys that are in the military or coming out and, and talking to them maybe as a group. Yeah, that's right. And that sort of stuff. Well, that's where it comes from, right? Because yeah. I actually – there's two things the way the military is going to solve their blunder with finan- help giving soldiers financial help, and that's tech. And I've worked with a few <laughs> fintech providers that are in talks, which that looks good, like a little tech strategy where you can put in a – you know, go in, go through and enter like a fact find stuff and it spits out a general SOA, right? And that's all right, but they're still missing something there. I think what they need to do is open up a financial consultant or coach role within yeah. the military, like you enlist and Because the, yeah. they've got lawyers and, and accountants, CFOs. Religious like people as well. That's right. So yeah. uh, how can you not have someone that's like, I mean, there's... Uh, and imagine, But imagine how good of an advice role it'd be. No product. Yeah, yeah, totally. No product. You wouldn't be allowed to do product. Well, but that's, that's the mad. thing, right? It's kind of Kobe. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Yeah, so that's where I could do the consult. That's yeah, where I could, cool. I maybe I can consult to them on how to set it up and stuff like that. Or be the dude. <laughs> be the dude. That's right. So, yeah. So yeah, that's that's. But my five year plan, I, I my honest five year plan is I want to be um, one of the best financial advisors in Australia in five years. Um, I want people. How, to, how, how how do you get there? More well, I think I'm on a good track, but more so. When How I say you know? best, when I say best, not awards, nothing. I don't really care for them. Um, more so around when my target market just think of financial advice, they think of it with a positive spin and with my name on it, right? And that's yeah. you know what I mean. So it doesn't have to be everyone. I don't care if no one, no, not everyone, but when someone thinks but you're, it's your space. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and that my space is that military, sport, health, and wellness. So. Um, yeah, and that's not saying they've got to be in that career. You know, it's people that identify that appreciate the military. I gotcha. get a lot of them. People yeah. that like love sports, I get a lot of them. And people that they might be an accountant, but they love health and fitness. Yeah, you know, that that that's sort of my target market, and um, that's what all my posts, everything I do, values around that. And so I want that industry in five years to really think when they think of advice, they think of me. Cool. Do you, yeah. do you play sport? Um, I play corporate sport at the moment. I do. I love my golf. Uh, well, I tried a lot. Really? Mm. I, you, your calloused hands tell me you're probably more of a CrossFit guy. <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy. No, I, lo- I do love CrossFit. I don't, I'm not a CrossFitter, but I do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I train at the gym every day, but that's mostly just weights. Um, I'm too lazy for CrossFit. That's just How's this? I, t- I took up, uh, I've tried a bunch of different things. I did CrossFit for a while. Patty and I did CrossFit for a while. Um, but then... I went into Brazilian jiu-jitsu Ooh. and I cracked a rib and got a hernia uh, within a year and I was like, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm questioning whether or not to pick it up again. But, mate, 35 years old, the body falls apart. How old are you now? 28. Oh, 27. I say oh, that. Yeah, but military experience blows you up. I, um, when I left, I thought, ah, oh, I'm fine. I don't know what everyone complains about. Two years later, I'd fall apart. Both my knees are gone, both my ankles, my back shot, lumbar, <coughs> thoracic. Mm. Both shoulders are trash, wrists are gone. Like everything just trashes. Oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Four, four you need years. carbs of... again, mate. Yeah, I know. You miss this, Claire, but he's off carbs. Just for the month. Nice. Even keto will crack. Yeah. Trying to find someone to eat tonight's gonna be a nightmare. I try. Um, I'm I'm trying to only eat one meal, like between the hours of six and twelve. Mm. I've I've skipped breakfast for about two years, 
I'm um, totally sweet with it. Now I'm trying to skip breakfast and lunch, and I get so hungry. See, I'm not an anti-carb man either. I love carbs. I think they're great for the body. You need that glycogen to train. But I last 12 months, I've started feeling really nauseous all the time. And That's a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, heavily around. And I've noticed lately heavily around when I have carbs, and I refuse to go to the doctor and find out that I'm a celiac. So... I just thought, ah, oh, just cut carbs from my... I feel unbelievable. It's just terrible. I feel oh. great. <laughs> I feel so good and I haven't felt sick once. It's been two weeks. I hate it. I'm blowing up. Um, <laughs> You're like a, a reluctant celiac. Yeah, no, so I'll probably just get back on the fruit and I'll just have fruit around my training times to get some glycogen back in there. But, yeah, I'm blowing up. I, I love carbs. That mm. snake was unbelievable before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a bit of a selection here. All right. Well, it is it is Friday afternoon. Are uh, you heading back into the office? I am. I am. We've got some work on Savo. So yep. um, get back in there and, yeah, crack it out. I'll probably do a late one tonight because the fiancé is coming in for a uh, a meal. So we're trying to find yeah. somewhere to eat tonight. So sh- What is she into? Whatever, she'll eat everything. Jeez, <laughs> I swear, man. Actually, she... you'd probably be the tricky one tonight, right? No, we're both this because we're both doing it. Okay. And she's oh, Italian, yeah. so she's carbs are her Ooh, friend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're... She, you know, she's like, I don't feel sick. What? I have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Support <laughs> me. She's like, I feel sick when I don't have carbs. What is this? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so we're going to try and find somewhere tonight. And, but it always, I always do that every now and then because it allows me to get a good hour and a half, two hours extra work in on the Friday. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to close the week off with work, you know, with some... Yeah, yeah, man. Some wins, I Co- guess. A couple of hours of like, uninterrupted thought mm. is a good thing. Yeah, I started yeah. doing some Saturdays and stuff too, just for that reason. Yeah. Like, just yeah. We're talking about going to the pub, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, totally. All right, well, with that uh, lame-ass joke, <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up. Mate, great to have you on here. No worries. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Thanks.